Matthew chapter 24, verse 1 says, Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked? I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Let's pray. Father, let your spirit take over these next few moments. Lord, you speak beyond what this microphone can share. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. And we all said, before you see this, shake your neighbor's hand and ask them, can you see the signs? Now this morning, I want to share with you because, man, I'm going to be honest with you. Can I be honest with you this morning? I was on the plane, and I had a message that I believe was just going to just, you know, like it, it, when it was illuminated to me, I was like, oh, this is deep. This is good stuff. All the deep, oh, this is good stuff. You ever get those messages where they're just truth, and it just kind of illuminates, goes beyond the dimension of what you thought was truth, and just kind of went beyond? You're like, you ever gotten one of those times, those Rima words, where you're like, wow. So I had one of those. I was like, man, this was good stuff. And I could not wait to speak it to you this morning. The problem is, last night, God says, no, 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 no. I said, well, but God, this is, this is good stuff. I mean, this, I mean, it's teaching that was just like awesome. God says, no, I want you to speak on this. I said, but wait, but man, this is, this is a great message with victory. I mean, it has a, the victory, you know, life of victory, you know, victory outreach, victory. Yeah. I says, no. And so here this morning, I want to share with you a message that's not very popular, wasn't very popular in my understanding uh, necessarily, yet it's a very pivotal part of who we are as Christians. And now I'm also going to attempt my best to read this scripture. We're going to read it together because I believe that I don't normally do this. I usually just read a few scriptures, a few verses, and then we'll dive into it, go back and forth, and we'll, we'll look into it, and we'll see how it adjoins and makes the context with this scripture and how it looks together. We'll break down the Greek and the Hebrew. But I want to be honest with you this morning. I believe that as we read this scripture, I'm praying that it's going to illuminate and kind of show something to many of you here this morning that goes beyond what any man or woman can share from behind a microphone. Matthew chapter 24, let's read this together. Now, I don't know if they have the ability there in the back, but if you have somebody next to you with a Bible, please read on with them because we are going to read this chapter. Matthew chapter 24, let's take it from verse... Three. It says, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and at the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and even put to death. 
and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other as many false prophets will appear and deceive uh, many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Verse 17. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one go in the field, go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. That's a heavy scripture right there. Just that alone, we can get into a whole nother message. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never be to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you there he is or out of the desert, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the, far, from, from the east is visible even in the west, so will the, be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, the, sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the sun but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah had entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand, and one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch 
and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. But the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him to a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Just going to give you a few moments to let those words sink in. Powerful words from our Savior when who asked the question, which many people to this day ask the same question. When is Jesus coming? What's it going to look like? How's it going to be? The same question that was asked, that is asked today was asked back then. And this, my friend, is the answer that our Savior gave. And it's the same answer that we should now know to this day. No man knows the day or the hour, but are you ready? There are certain signs that are happening all around. Can you see those signs? See, a lot of us, we live a life where we believe in Jesus with our attitude or we believe in Jesus with our, our talking or with our church attendance, but do we believe in Jesus when it comes down to it and where the tire meets the road and are we seeing the signs when it comes down to it? This is some heavy statements right here. People are going to hate you for me. People are going to despise you for me. People are going to kick you out. Mothers who are nursing will go without food. I mean, these are heavy, heavy signs. He shares and he even says the thunder and the dark of nights when we're in our bids. See, you and I, when we hear thunder, we fear the lightning. We don't fear the thunder. We fear the lightning. See, the gospel is like thunder. It's giving you the clap before the actual lightning. When a preacher preaches the gospel, he's giving you the signs and giving you the warnings and saying, hey, wake up because lightning's coming. Wake up, Hayward, because lightning is coming. Wake up, Bay Area, because the lightning is coming. The signs are all around you. Can you see these signs? Because here's the clap. Here's the thunder. See, but the great thing I love about thunder as well is that thunder gives you a warning. The thunder first breaks the clouds and makes way for the lightning. Yet the lightning first invades our senses. See, all the sermons preached upon the arguments of these last days are exactly like what we hear of the thunderclaps. Yet such is the security of the world that even the sons of thunder cannot waken them to the father of, li the father of lightning even consumes them. Really quickly, I want to give you six signs given by Jesus that indicate his coming and that the signs of the end of the age I want to give you real, six real fast. I told you this was totally, completely different than the message that I, I wanted to preach to you. I wanted to give you like a, yeah, I'm going to have you standing. It's going to be great. It's going to be powerful. God said, no, I don't want them standing. I want them thinking 
about their life? And can they see this? Can you understand this? See, my prayer for many of us here this morning, it might be a refresher course, but for many of us, I want to graduate you from junior high to high school. Some of you guys, you, you've been in junior high for a little too long, spiritually speaking. And I say that with all sincerity, all honesty as well. I don't say that to demean anybody, but I say that because spiritually speaking, in junior high, you get away with a lot of things. But when you get into high school, you start getting that question asked, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life? And like, oh, I don't want to hear that. I just want to be a freshman. Well, before you know it, you're a sophomore. What are you going to do with your life? Oh, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm smoking, get high, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. You're a junior. Hey, are you doing, are you seeing a counselor? Uh, yeah, I see a counselor for drugs. Like, no, 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 no. College counselor. Do you see what I'm saying? There's, there's a pattern that all of a sudden happens, and we find ourselves, and I have found that, we find ourselves doing the same thing spiritually. Eh, whatever. You know, I, I go to church whenever I can. Church is kind of like school. Like, eh, and some of you, you dropped out of school because you hated it. You hated school. I can't stand it. Got this person telling me what to do, what to learn, how to do this. And, but yet here's Christ. He's trying to teach. He says, hey. Are you seeing these signs? They're important to your eternal graduation. If you do not take heed to these signs, you won't graduate. Very important that we see. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. They said, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? So Jesus told his apostles, told his disciples to look for the following signs prior to the second coming and to the end of the age. Number one. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 5, he says, look out for false prophets and false Christ. False prophets and false Christ. For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ, and will mislead many. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 11, he says, and many false prophets will arise and mislead many. My friend, in the end times, in the end days, many will claim to be the Messiah. Many will claim to be a Savior. Now, the only reason why you even need a Savior is if there is calamity. You don't need a Savior if you're not drowning. So what you and I need to understand that everything that is happening around us, there is a reason why it seems like our country is drowning. Are you understanding me? See, all these things, they have to happen. If there is calamity, then there will need a Savior. If there's no calamity... I'm good. I'm fine. So what you and I must understand is that many will come up and say, I have the answer. I can lead you to safety. I can lead you towards a peaceful place. And these are the signs that will begin to happen. These false prophets are a prelude to the ultimate false Christ of what you and I know as the Antichrist. Many New Age groups even many different people are saying in different political groups are starting to uh, wait anxiously the, the setting up and the pathway of setting up for the Antichrist. They are preparing a way for his acceptance and the head of the hierarchy of the one who will usher in the world peace. We hear about these things. We know about these things. But how is it biblical? This is very uh, important. The false Christ. I don't know if you've ever been into a room where it has a low ceiling and you look up. And when you look up, you go, man, that's kind of a low ceiling. It's kind of real, real low. But actually, for many of you, if you were to just go up and push it, it's called a false ceiling. It's not real. It's there, and it kind of keeps your eyes at bay. But if you were to push it, it's not real. 
That's how false prophets will be. They're going to look like it. It's going to sound like, well, that sounds pretty good. That sounds about right. But if you push the truth to it, oh, man, that's not real. That's not the truth. That's why it's very important that you and I understand what the truth is because the truth will set you. The second thing, moving along quickly. Matthew chapter 24, verse 6 says, And you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. That's the second thing. Wars and rumors of wars. Rumors of wars in all the area of the world even now occur frequently thanks to instant media coverage and the availability of multitude of 24-hour news sources. I mean, even now to this day, I don't know if you hear it, but on the social network, it's like, a, uh, it's like an ongoing joke. Oh, the moon landing, it didn't happen, right? It didn't happen. Now, that's what they do is because us, oh, just a joke, because the joke turns your perception, and then you don't know what's real or not. Now, for those of you that you probably, if I were to tell those of you that maybe were in the 60s or the 70s, uh, no, no, it happened. I saw it. It was on TV. But see, this generation, they don't know that. They don't know that. They're going by just what you know. And if what you know and what you tell them they don't like, they'll make up their own thing. They'll just make it up. That's why the Bible says wars and rumors of wars. Just a few years ago, there was a huge, huge social media thing of this guy named Coney. It was huge. It was all over, at least for a good three, four months. It hit the internet like a tidal wave. How many of you remember that? Do any of you guys remember that? The Coney? Oh, oh, a lot of you guys don't remember. Well, there was this guy, the Coney, and they were doing this thing, and he talked about how this man, he was one of a, a dictator there, and he was taking people and was killing them and just going around, and so they, they had this thing uh, I think it was like Kill Coney or something like that uh, along those lines, trying to get rid of him. And it was a huge thing. It got uh, 100 million views, this video. One video. It was like 28 minutes long. Got 100 million views in less than two weeks. Don't tell me we're not intrigued with war. A couple weeks later, another video came out to say, oh, they just made that up. It was just made up. Do you guys? I don't know if you guys remember that. They came out, oh, it's just made up. Wars, rumors of war, oh, they just made it up. There was a movie years ago called Wag the Dog. I don't know if you guys ever seen that movie with Dustin Hoffman. The whole movie was on the premise of we need to skyrocket ratings. What do we do? So the producer comes up with an idea. I know, I know. Let's make up a war. So they got, they, they got all these celebrities. They sang a song. You know, give peace a chance. You know, they got all these celebrities, Willie Nelson. They were all there singing. All we need is all on the premise of a man who just made up a war with a green screen. Now, in today's day and age, you can get a green screen and make up anything you want. Little, see, I'm telling you this because little by little, these things are starting to happen. Are you seeing these signs? Or is it, oh, that's just a joke. Oh, that's just so funny. Look, they just made it up. Wars. And rumors of wars. For nations will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and even earthquakes. More people have been killed in the warfare in, these, in this past century than at any other time in history. As the death toll rises in the Middle East and all over the world, more and more countries work fervently to develop devastating weapons of what we call mass destruction. 
If you were to add to that the expanding threat of terrorism and unpredictable dictators and the potential for the outbreak of wars, it exists in nations, kingdoms, and places across the globe. These wars can happen at a moment's notice. And even quicker than that is rumors of wars because you can make that up even faster. The third thing that we got to look out for is famines. It says in various places there will be famines around the land. As I begin to study, as white Christian farmers are driven out of Zimbabwe in increasing numbers and foreigners are moving in to replace the life-sustaining crops with poppies that now supply 25% of the world's drugs, famine spreads across the African continent. The undernourished are not limited to just Africa. A large portion of the world's 6 billion people suffer from a shortage of food. See, you and I, we can go down to the street, go to a quick stop, go to a 7-Eleven, and buy as much chips as we want. So for us, we don't see famine. For us, we don't see that type of happening. But my friend, I'm letting you know, little by little, little by little, little by by little, these things are beginning to happen. The signs of the time. The fourth thing is earthquakes. It says in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. The number and intensity of earthquakes this century is at a level higher than any other time in history. A staggering number of seismic events occur around the world daily. Now I was looking up some things about some of the earthquakes that have been happening recently and in times past. And in 2012, they had a large number of large earthquakes happen all within a short amount of time. In New Zealand on July 3rd, there was a 7.0. On April 12th, in the Gulf of Mexico, another 7.0. In Chile, a 7.1, March 25th. January 11th, in Indonesia, a 7.2. And November 7th, in Guatemala and in Mexico, on the same day, a 7.4. August 27th, in El Salvador, a 7.4. In Russia, August the 14th, on the Sea of Oxkos, I want to say that right, Oxkos, a 7.7. In Canada, of October 28th, 2012, in Haidi Gwaii, in Canada, a 7.8. And many of us remember on April 11th in Indonesia, the 8.2. These things are real. These things are real. In 2012, in Derecho, it was one of the most damaging thunderstorms the complexes in recent history. The storm called widespread damage across an 800-mile track. The derecho also left millions without power during the June and July heat wave. In May of 2012, eight countries in West Africa suffered from a devastating lack of rainfall. The absence of cross and an insect, and an insect plague have created painfully high food prices, leaving more than 18 million people to face hunger across Western Africa. To put numbers on this situation, Chad and Maritania have recorded a loss in crops of over 50% when, 
when compared to the previous year's records. Global flooding in July of 2012, where at least 37 people were killed by flood waters in and around the city of Beijing, China. In the rural and suburban areas outside Beijing, many more people died as a result of the flooding, which was said to be the region's worst in 60 years. Now, some of you also remember, in I believe it was August of 2012, uh, in Oklahoma, the wildfires. You guys remember that? 52,000 acres in Oklahoma. <sighs> Gone. These things that we see that even on the eastern side of the Cascade Range that took place in the National Forest, these fires burned at least 157,000 acres in September and October in Washington State. The record drought and heat, heat wave created the ideal conditions for wildfire, which sparked both lightning and human activities. These things, these famines, these earthquakes, these are all signs of the time. This is what Jesus was describing as birth pains. Now, women, you fully understand birth pains. Because the pain is there, but the result is not. The pain you feel, but there's no baby yet. You feel the pain. You have these feelings. You have this inside of you, but there's no result yet. You must endure what is happening before the result comes. So you and I must understand all these things that are happening, we must endure before our Savior comes. Don't find it strange when you hear and you see legislations passed. Don't find it strange when you see earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars. Don't find it strange when you see famines, my friend. These are all signs of the times that our Savior is coming. The fifth thing is tribulations. I'm almost done right here. Tribulations. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. They do, they, then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. Listen, my friend, I want you to know something. Christianity is under attack. We're under attack. And we've been under attack. And if you say for one second, well, I'm not under attack, then I would, then I would really question, are you a Christian? Because Christianity is under attack, and people only know that you're a Christian if you profess it. That's the thing about our, our belief is that you have to profess it. You can't just, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I think I do. Sometimes I go. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder. How's he, he's looking at me. He's looking at me. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. What's up, dude? Some of you guys are like that at, at your job. Does your job know that you're saved? Do they know that? Or is it, no, no, I just, hey, it's all about a paycheck, man. It's just about a paycheck. I don't want people to mess with me. I don't want people to know, man, they're going to start hating me. They're going to think I'm a bigot because they talk about all this homosexuality, and they're going to think all this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to look bad. The Bible says they ain't going to like you. They're not going to like you. It's okay. These are tribulations. That are going to happen. Listen, I want you to know something. We live in America, and America's barely, 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 
barely allowing Christianity to come in, under attack. This kind of stuff has been happening in other countries for decades. For decades. It has been happening. There has been a lock on freedom of religion. You cannot go in certain places and preach the gospel. I will never forget when I was there uh, uh, in Indonesia, the largest Muslim country in the world. And when I was there, I, I, the moment I landed, I felt an oppression. I said, man, what is this? Like, I've never felt this before. I, and honestly, I'd never felt that in any place, in any city, in any country ever in my life. It wasn't until I landed, I got out of the plane, and I said, wow, there is something different here. And when I went, I had a, I had a flyer. I just, I just thought, like, hey, it's, it's America. See, I thought like an American. I think like an American. I, hey, you know. And I went, there, hey, God bless you. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. I'll never forget the guy looked at me. I was in a grocery store. The guy looked at me, and he was, you know, for one, I, I knew he didn't speak English, but, you know, I thought like an American. Come on, you got to speak English, brother. Everybody speaks English. No, they don't. But in my immaturity, that's how I thought. Oh, yeah, Jesus loves you. Next thing I know, I see this guy. He has, you know, the apron on a grocery store. He looks at the other guy. The other guy comes up. There's a big old shotgun. Now, keep in mind, you know, over there, the, they carry shotguns in front of 7-Elevens. And the guy comes up to me, and he starts speaking to me in Bahasa. Uh, 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 and then they came up to me. I was there with some other people. And they came up, oh, pastor, pastor, come here, come here. I said, you, you can't do that here. Really? Why not? I said, no, they'll throw you in jail. And then they find out you're an American, they're going to mess with you. And then after they mess with you and they're done with you, they'll kill you. What? Like, see, here in America, we get people that are like, oh, look what the cops are doing. Hey, look, guys, we have videos, we got phones, we got phones give us freedom. Hey, look, look, guys, look. See, you can't do that. I have my rights. I have rights. In other countries, you ain't got no right. You got the right to shut up. Do what I tell you. And if you don't do what I tell you, I don't need a judge. I will kill you. See, we, oh, I got rights, I got rights, I got rights. See, if, you, if you're not a Christian, you're not going to understand that it's not about rights, it's about truth. Rights don't set you free. Truth does. Tribulations, Christians will come under. There are many countries all over, China, Sudan, Africa, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, Russia, and many Muslim countries where Christians suffer much greater persecution and oftentimes death for their faith. These first five signs will increase in intensity and severity as the tribulation approaches, much like birth pains and contractions of a pregnant woman worsen as the delivery time approaches. I know this is not going to be a very popular message, but this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. The sixth and last sign, and I close with this. The sixth and last sign, how we know that the signs of the end of the age are coming. Are you guys ready? Are you guys still with me? Are you guys still with me? Are, are you guys getting something here? I, I know I know, because a lot of times I'll kind of get a lot more involved, man, and like, hey, come on, preach back to me. But, I, you know, this one, I just, I don't know. God told me I got to preach this message here. I got to share this message. I said, okay. Whew. The last one, number six, is that the gospel will be preached all over the world. 
the gospel will be preached all over the world. He said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all the nations, and then the end shall come. My friend, the prophecies are being fulfilled. There are televisions in places where no one else can get to. There is internet and there is radio in places where you and I cannot go. And as we see this uh, advance of technology, the advance of technology is also giving us the opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where you and I cannot step foot in, we can step a video in. We can step a flyer in. We can step a prayer in. We can step a message in. And as we're seeing this happening my friend we are able to go all over the world that's why when we preach messages like this and that's why when we ask who wants to go to Africa because we want to see you preach the gospel all over the world all over the world Africa large continent it needs Jesus we have not even touched China Look at this. I, I found a statistic, and I, I still remember it. California has 38 million people. California, just California. I'm not talking United States. California, 38 million people. In California, Victory Outreaches alone, Victory Outreach alone, no other churches, Victory Outreach alone, we have 134 churches, 38 million people, 134 churches. Isn't that powerful? It's awesome. Now, look at this. China, 1.2 billion people, no churches. Let that sink in for a second. See, I, I know that some of you right now are like, oh, but I, I, love, I love my car. I love my house. I, I like the thing. And listen, my friend, I know that God wants to bless you, but this is not one of those bless you messages. I don't think that when, you know, Christ was sharing this with his disciples and his apostles, he was saying, listen, for the signs of the end of the age, but don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. He actually didn't even say that. Matter of fact, he said, they're going to kill you. See, this is why a lot of times people don't, they're like, oh, Christians, they're crazy, they're nuts, they think, oh, they're off the wall, they're off the hook. Well, my friend, I'm seeing these signs. They're happening. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of the solution not a part of the problem. Listen, when we talk about going all over the world, we are not talking just to say it for saying's sake. No, we're saying it because, listen, we need men and women that are going to fulfill the prophecies of Jesus Christ, that we're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel and spread the good news. Listen, my friend, I know that you got your job. I know you got your nice shoes and your nice suit with your nice house, with your nice dog, with your nice husband, your nice wife, but my friend, when it comes down to it and the end times are coming and the signs are there, are you going to turn your eye or are you going to look and say listen I need to draw an eye my father is coming the son of man is coming wake up Hayward wake up Bay Area wake up California wake up America it is our times it is coming contractions are happening can you see the signs can you see the signs listen my friend I know that they just passed that legislation and right away we think, ah, oh, Christianity is under attack. My friend, we've always been under attack. I don't need a bill to tell me that. That's fine. People ask me, well, Pastor, what's your viewpoint? They want to get married. Well, whatever. I'm not going to marry them, but that's okay. They want to go do their thing. Go, that's, that's fine. This is what I've learned. Sinners sin. Dogs 
bark. That's what they do. I can't do anything about that. I could preach the gospel, and I could share with them and let them know the love of Christ. But listen, and I shared this yesterday, and I'm going to say it again for those of you that weren't there. Because we talk a lot about, oh, the homosexual, and we hate the homosexual agenda. Oh, the homosexual, oh, they're, they're, they're doing this. Oh, Christian, I believe in Jesus, and we don't believe in that. Okay, all right, that's cool. I'm the same way. But listen, we talk so much about the homosexual agenda, but are you keeping your agenda holy? Are you keeping your marriage holy? See, just how, how, how we know that homosexuality is an abomination to Christ, divorce is an abomination to Christ. Did you know that? See, we don't talk about that, though. Shh, we got to be quiet. You, you don't understand what we went through. We didn't always get. Now, if you're under the blood, it's covered. You're good. And I fully understand. There's a few of you, you have been divorced, but now you're remarried. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's all covered under the blood. And now, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. But listen, you are a new creation. Don't do old things. You are a new creation, so stop bringing up that divorce word. Stop doing that. I'm going to divorce him. I hate him. Listen, if you're a new creation, then when it comes to that, that's where you get that scripture. Be careful. Take the log out of your eye before you look at the speck in someone else's. Be careful. The law of the harvest, you are going to reap what you sow. So you got to be very careful. So listen, that's why it's very important. Listen, I'm not here to bash anyone else's agenda. Drug addicts do what drug addicts do. Homosexuals do what homosexuals do. Alcoholics do what alcoholics do. Liars do what liars do. Listen, I want to make one thing very clear. A lot of us, we look at other people's sin, and we go, well, at least I don't sin like him. But if you lied, you're still going to the same place that he would be going. Same place. So be very careful with that. Be very careful with that. See, this is why that's why I say, listen, I don't need church just on Sunday. I need church every day. I really do. See, some of you, you may not. I do. I need church every day because I know, I know me. If I wake up in the morning and I don't seek the face of God, I could be a liar like that. Just like that, I could be a liar. I know me. I know what I'm capable of. And then there's some things where I don't know what I'm capable of. I need to keep that part that I don't know in line. Because there's some things that I don't know that I'm capable of unless it comes in front of me. So that's why I keep my heart checked. I will hide thy word in my heart that I might not bash other people's way of doing. I'm not trying to do all that. I'm trying to live holy and show holiness, show the light. I want to challenge you. This is what we are to do. We are to see the signs and point people to the signs. I'm just trying to tell Look at There's wars. There's rumors of wars. This is one of those, like, we, we don't talk about this message a whole lot. They used to share this a whole lot back in the 70s and 80s. There was a saying called, get right or get left. Get right or get left. A lot of the, uh, the tent preachers used to do that. You better get right or get left. Now we've come to come to church and lift your hands and pay your tithes, and you don't have to ever come back again. Feel good. That's what church is for. Church is for lights. Church is for concerts and making everything feel good. Come to church. You could feel good. But somehow, some way, it's kind of twisted around. It's kind of twisted around. I'm here to tell you here this morning, my friend, that the signs of the times. These are the signs. These five signs, but the sixth one. Oh, the sixth one, the last one. You can play right there. 
the sixth one, the last one. The gospel will be preached all over the world. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Cannot wait until we get into Russia. I can't wait. Has anybody, let me ask this question. Has anybody ever been to Russia? Anybody ever been to Russia? No? Virgin territory. Uncut territory. You guys, you guys understand that explanation when I say uncut, right? You get that? Uncut, pure. Nobody's ever been there. Nobody's touched it. It's uncut. Some of you, you're going to step foot on the uncut land. You're going to step foot in places where nobody has ever been. You're going to go places. Listen, I, I'm not here to build the biggest church in Hayward. That's not the purpose of this church. We've heard it prophesied over this church that this church is going to be a launching pad. That we're going to send people, send them, send them, singles, married couples, sons, daughters, youth. Send them. We're going to send them all over the world. Some of you guys, you got to get ready. These are the signs of the time. I didn't show you an Africa trip so that, hey, look, I, I want to go one day. My prayer is that you see that go, man, I want to go preach the gospel. I want to go preach the gospel. How can I, where can I go to go preach the gospel? The signs of the times. Bow your heads with me here this evening. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. I want to make two altar calls. I, I feel it right now in my spirit. The spirit of God is moving and ministering even right now. Hallelujah. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. And if you're here this morning, and I want to make the first altar call, that you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. He's not your Lord. He's not your Savior. He's a person you come and you attend church with because your mom or dad or your friend or your family member told you to come. But you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord or, and your Savior. Or maybe you're backslidden. You're in a backslidden state, in a backslidden state of mind where your mind has not been transformed. You know Christ, but you've gone way far away from him. And you're not living the life that if he were to come back today that you were to be with him in heaven. And you don't know that. And be honest, be honest, be honest. <sighs> trying to give you the thunderclap before this lightning comes, my friend. With every head bowed and every head closed, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, but you want him as your Lord and as your Savior, I want you to do something with me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, on the count of three, I want you to stand to your feet. On the count of three, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, on the count of three, I want you to stand to your feet. It's very important, the most important decision of your life. God's been speaking to you. God's been speaking to you. God's been speaking to you. Don't do it because I'm telling you, do it because you know in your heart that you need a Savior. You're drowning and you're seeing the signs. On the count of three, one... If that's you here, it doesn't matter if no one else stands, if you're the only one. Two, you got to have it in your heart. Determine it in your heart. Three, stand to your feet right now. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, 
Come on, stand to your feet. There's many already standing. There's many already standing. Stand to your feet right now. You want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. It's a decision that you're going to make. Go ahead and keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. But come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet right now. It's a very important decision, the greatest decision of your life. Stand to your feet right now. Oh, that is it. That's it right there. That's it right there. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're standing right now, and you're saying, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I want him to be Lord of my life. I'm seeing the signs. I'm hearing the signs. I'm acknowledging the signs. I, I know it, but now I, I want to take that step of faith. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're standing to your feet, and you're saying, I'm going to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I want, to take, I want you to take one more step, and there's going to be some leaders that help me. I want you to take one more step. On the count of three, come to this altar. One, two, three. Come on up right now. Come on. Come on up here right now. Come on up here. Come on up here. Come on up. Come on. Come on. Make your way. Come on. All the Christians, come on. Give them a hand right now.